have you seen Carson's belt from, I, I guess we spoke to you after, or it was right before the Carolina game, right. even from that point to now? Uh, I think, again, just continuing to play with these guys. You know, again, is a guy catching up that didn't have an off season, was in and out of training camp, just kind of working seven on seven in different aspects of that. So I think you're seeing just the evolution of these guys playing together for more games going into the year. Uh, I think that's something that will probably continue going forward. The communication that they have each week uh, with him and the, the skill players, the line as well, the coaching staff, all of it just continues to, to progress and improve. And I think things are gelling together from kind of the standpoint you'd expect that, I guess. But they've done a good job with that. In, in Carson's case, obviously, like Golden Tate had a, had, a, had a very good connection with Stafford. Right. What can Carson do here before Sunday in the next few weeks to acclimate? Yeah, I think that's a lot of them spending time together, just communicating, making sure they, they're seeing things the same way, they're on the same page of how they expect things to be run, adjustments versus coverages. And then when we get on the field, the opportunity for them to spend time throwing, communicating after every single route. Um, and then when we get back in the film room of communicating again, w whether it's their rep or whether it's a rep another player takes of Golden hearing how Carson expects things to be done and then also Carson hearing how Golden sees things. Just getting them on the same page is going to be big this week and that's something we're looking forward to. How natural is that for a quarterback, just wanting to have that rapport with the I think it's very natural. I think, I mean, that's kind of the, the coach on the field aspect of it. He's the guy pulling the trigger. We understand that, and we tell him all the time. But we'll, we'll comment on things, obviously, as we're watching film of, oh, I wish this guy did it that way. We'll, Mike will do a good job of saying, did you go talk to him? Did you go talk? We want those lines of communication between those guys just constantly flowing, whether that's uh, in a meeting room, in the game, on the practice field, wherever it is. Those guys just getting on the same page and seeing it the same way is the biggest thing for us. What do you think is, you think is the number one reason for Carson's uh, completion percentage going to 10 points? Again, I think it's a maturation in the offense of understanding not only what we're trying to get accomplished, just really, I guess, the intent of the play call. So first and second down, we're trying to put the ball in play. Yes, we may call a shot down the field versus an ideal look, but just because we call it, you don't have to throw the ball down the field. We can put the ball in play, trusting our guys and it at all spots of the field, all routes that are being run, who's running what. Um, I think he's done a good job with that. And then he's, he's throwing the ball. I think his mechanics are clean. He's doing a good job moving in the pocket, finding guys, and really trusting his guys. Again, it's it's year three with him and some of these skill players, year two with Alshon. So he trusts those guys. He knows where to throw the ball, where they like the ball to be thrown on certain things. And I think you're seeing that as they all kind of grow together again. You just touched on it there, but besides the progression of Carson getting back up to speed because of the injury, where have you seen him just progress as a young quarterback? Uh, I think his mastery of the offense. I mean, he spent a lot of time where he wasn't out there on the field getting the reps himself of studying the playbook, studying our offense, what we do well, the defenses we see commonly across the league, um, and then making sure we're all on the same page with that with the coaching staff. We spent a lot of time taking his input in the spring as we uh, put things together again and, and tried to improve upon the things we did the last couple of years as well. He has taken a lot of hits this year. And can that kind of thing have a cumulative effect on a quarterback in terms of being skittish in the pocket? Do you notice any of that with Carson this year? you have to work yeah. on that with him? I absolutely think it could. Um, I don't think that that's something we're seeing with him at all. I mean, he's, he's a fearless competitor. He'll stand in there with the best of them and, and wait till the last second to make a throw, which can be good and can be bad. We've seen him make some plays that are you know, not a lot of guys in the league can make because he's extending it. Um, so I think it's just an understanding of that, but overall the self-preservation. There, there's, a, there's a time and a place to extend a play. There's a time and a place to move on from a play. So just continuing to, to see examples of that, work through them, talk through them, 
that's something we're continuing to do with that. This soft reprobation also plays into uh, turnovers, and obviously he doesn't throw interceptions, but the fumbles, nothing he can do if he gets hit in his blind side as he's letting go of the ball, but it seems to happen every game. Right. Is there a way to minimize that? You don't want to bring his eyes down. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't want to take his stinger away. We don't. We want him to continue to be aggressive, push the ball down the field at the right times, and that, that's another thing, understanding uh, maybe a first and second down call is not a time to hold the ball and extend. Third down, you know, he kind of does what he does sometimes and makes a play. Um, but just, just going through all those situations, understanding that, being conscious of it, being aware of it. We're not going to get him hit in practice, so it's not something yeah. we can continue to work on. But just being aware of where he is in the pocket, what the situation of the game is, and then ultimately ball security is the number one thing. So we're going to continue to harp on that in all aspects of the game. Does it seem like players are more and more doing that reach <laughs> thing past the the linemen? Uh, I, I don't know if it's more or more. I mean, that's definitely, you know, that you see a lot of guys that if they can't get a rush, they'll jump and bat a ball, ball down. It's the same thing. I think if a guy can't quite get there and put a pressure on the quarterback, he's going to do his best to reach over the top of guys and, and affect the quarterback in that way. With his willingness and, and ability to keep his eyes downfield while he's standing in there, I mean, compared to other young <coughs> quarterbacks, is that, a, is that fearlessness? Is that a clock inside his head? Is that just an ability to keep his focus? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a little bit of an innate ability, I think. Um, but like like we talked about, you know, hits can build up, and you do see that sometimes where guys will bring their eyes down and feel the rush a little bit more or see the rush. Um, and, and that's not something that's gone on with him. He continues to keep his eyes down the field, uh, continues to go through his progressions even as he's climbing the pocket, settling in the pocket, whatever he is doing. So he's done a good job handling that. You know, you have the losses here left points on the board in the fourth quarter. Right. What can be done better in those end-of-game situations? I think just continuing to go through progressions, trusting every single play call that we're doing, uh, making sure that we're putting our guys in the best situation possible. So it really just continuing to execute regardless of the situation. If it's first down in the second quarter in the middle of the field versus third down in the red zone at the end of the game, just continuing to, to, to trust what you see, trust the guys around you, continuing to make plays like, like we know he's capable of. What do in you attribute? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, in that Panthers game, obviously the end didn't go the way Carson wanted. He admitted right. after the game. What's he like in the meeting room uh, the next day in terms of being self-critical, hard on himself? What role do you play? How does that dynamic kind of work? He, he's, he's obviously very hard on himself. You know, he, he expects a lot of himself. He holds himself to a very high standard. And that's one of the things we talk about. I actually, we heard uh, somebody say it in an interview that kind of the mantra in their room was standards over feelings. And that's something we, we wanted to take with us as well because we thought that was good. Um, uh, it came from an article I read. I think it was. I think it might have been Dow Loggins at the Dolphins or something like that. But that was something that I read and stuck with me. And so we've kind of been talking about that of standards over feelings. So there are times we're going to be hard on Carson, he, just as hard as he is on himself. Um, but we have a standard in our room of how we expect to play. And so regardless of how something makes you feel, we're going to we're going to put the truth out there. and We're going to be honest with one another. And I expect the same from from all those guys in terms of how I'm coaching things. If I'm not covering something, I want them to be able to tell me that and, and be honest with me, and then I'm going to do the same for them. When do you get him, when do you want him to get over that then? Like, how, what's the expectation for him to put that behind him? Yeah, I mean, I think I think kind of his drive home. He he probably probably steams on it a little bit, and then he'll watch the game himself as he gets home. And then by the time he comes in, he realizes what went wrong, what we can improve on, win or loss, what we can improve on. That's what we're always trying to look forward to. Um, so he does a great job of handling that, and by the time we get in and watch the film with him, he's moved on. He's ready for the next week. We talked about uh, you know, his mental uh, abilities in terms of the offense and everything, but uh, he hasn't shown any uh, 
uh, hesitance in terms uh, in terms of the knee. Right. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Well, I, th I think um, I think the doctors honestly did a great job of. We, we know what we had. I think Nick Foles, having Nick Foles in the building and trusting Nick and knowing what type of player he was really helped. So we were in no hurry to rush Carson back out there in a bad situation. So we knew once they gave Carson the clearance that he is full go. There's not going to be any restrictions on him. Uh, and then, you know, part of that's probably, I've never been through a knee injury myself, but a, a player being able to trust that is a big thing. And he trusted from the get-go. I mean, he, he was doing things we've seen him do for three years now. So yeah, I, I think that's a lot of him. Was, I mean, a lot of guys would have be a little tentative. Like right. This. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they did a great job with his rehab is the only thing I'd be able to say because he, he looks like his old self. I mean, he, he did the day roll back out there, I think. Yeah. So the comfort he has with, with Alshon, have you seen on film defenses doing things to, to kind of get in the way of that? And, and are there things that now with, with Golden you think you might be able to counteract? Yeah, I mean, I, we're definitely adding another great player to our roster. So putting another great player on the field, teams have to be conscious of him. He obviously has a reputation in this league, as especially as a ball carrier. Um, so we're just we're, we're trying to continue to add to our arsenal. They've done a great job of doing that. Um, so I think that helps everybody around us. And then and then with Carson and the quarterback, it, it's continuing to to trust your progressions, where the coverage, where the play dictates the ball should go. That's where the ball goes. So we're we're not overriding things to get the ball to a certain person. If, if the ball tells you to throw it to player A, the ball's going to go to player A. And he's done a great job. Carson has done a great job of just handling that and putting the ball in play where it needs to go at the right time. I'm sure you're getting so good on third downs in his career. That obviously takes a level of trust with right. the quarterback to go there. How quickly can they develop that? Yeah, um, hopefully by Sunday. But <laughs> I think that just continues to come with the, with the work and the communication. So. Uh, I know Mike talked about it the other day. Golden's a, a friendly target for a quarterback in his, in his body language, I believe. He's obviously got evidence on tape of being a, a stronger receiver, handling contact, catch, contested catches. Um, so Carson has obviously seen that. Carson knows what type of player he is. So I think they're going to go into it with a level of trust there. And then th that'll just continue to evolve as they play together more and more. The body language thing, what does that mean to you? Quarterback it's kind of just sinking his hips, being able to shed a defender at the right time, understanding when to cross over a defender, maybe when not to, when to get in and out of a break. We, there's a lot of times we have depths on certain routes, and it may be uh, uh, one revolution short, one revolution extra, based on how the coverage is dictated. And then with stuff like that, you need to be able to trust what you see with your receiver. So when he sinks his hip, when he changes his his leverage of a guy, that that's when the ball needs to be out. And so I think. Uh, Again, that's something that's developed with Carson and these guys that he's been throwing to. I'm, so it's something we got to get Golden up to, up to speed on. I'm sure you've gotten a, a look at other some of the younger quarterbacks around this league just by crossover tape, right. et cetera. Um, there's three or four that are really good at a really early stage in right. their careers, Carson being one of them. Is this just a cyclical thing, or do you feel like there's a reason why all of a sudden you're having this quick development with right. Mahomes and Goff and, and Wentz? Yeah, I, th I think one of the great things, too, is just the game in general. Is there, there's so much more throwing as you go to the lower levels of football, especially now in high school. There's seven-on-seven seven leagues throughout the summer, so guys are throwing year-round. So uh, guys come from the, the air raid offense where they're throwing 100, 150 balls a day every day. So you, whether it's an offense that translates necessarily to the NFL, these guys are throwing. They're having some form of seven-on-seven seven throwing the ball against different coverages, um, and I, I think that's beneficial. And there's some skills that obviously have to translate to the NFL. And then there's things that they're going to be asked to do that they maybe not have done. But uh, And then I think you're seeing schemes that are getting creative around the league, taking advantage of what these guys have done well, what they what they can do. Um, it, it's, it's fun to watch right now.
Well, Carson has a situation like the uh, first quarter against the Jaguars when he has two turnovers. How does he put that behind him in the middle of the game while still holding himself to such a high standard and being tough on himself? Yeah, I think with Carson, he's always had a he's always been able to move on to the next play, kind of that next play mentality, regardless, good, bad, indifferent. He's just going to play the next play. There's always another play in a game, you know, obviously until the final whistle runs out. But he, he does a great job of moving on and, and going to the next play and handling each play as its own situation. Carson sack rate is uh, up from a year ago. With a guy like Golden Tate who's able to run those option routes and get open quickly, I mean, can that help uh, get that down in addition to obviously all the other factors that are associated with it? I hope so. Uh, you know, adding, again, adding another great player that the defense has to be aware of that we will put Golden in position to do the things that he does well. But I think that's, you know, the sacks and all that, that's a combination of a number of different things from play calling, from blocking, from route running to the quarterback getting through his progression to playing at the right depth in the pocket. It's, it's a combination of things that we continue to try to clean up. Thanks, Chris. Well, got, I'm sorry, just one more quick thing. Uh, Nick Foles hasn't played in a long, long time now. He's been in that situation before. Right. But do you do anything special to kind of do you handle him a little differently? He's gone a long time without taking any real snaps. Do you make sure, do you something to make sure that he's sharp? We, we try to do a lot with, with both Nick and Nate of keeping them very involved of, you know, when we're doing our individual periods in practice of making sure we're working through the game plan. So those guys, when they do get thrust into a game, life as a backup is you're going to get thrown in when you don't know it. You kind of got caught up to the speed of the game at that point in time. Could be first quarter, fourth quarter, third quarter, wherever it is. So we try to do our best to make sure those guys have a good understanding of the game plan and continue to stay sharp and develop. And with guys like that, the way they prepare throughout the week, they prepare as well as Carson does. So they understand where they're at and they do a good job of that.